I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the same old Arsenal podcast. We are a bit early. We just wanted to go live straight after the game. We haven't done this for a very long time. So thank you for joining us straight after the fact that we are top of the league, five points clear. Um, With me today is Chris. Are you impressed I didn't say suburban? Well done. Five points. Five points. And Captain Cook, as he's now going to be named... All right, Captain? I'm very well for it. I'm enjoying the new nickname, I've got to say. <laughs> That's it. It's yours. Um, so today, young Christopher is going to take the reins. Over to you. Ah, thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how happy are you guys? If you don't mind and you'll indulge me just for a minute, I'm going to do a minute or two of uh, waffling on because honestly... Today, I was super nervous about this performance. Like, this was a Fulham team that have lost three times at home all season. They relied on, I think Man United got a last gasp winner. I think Tottenham just about got over the line with Harry Kane. And so I saw this game as something that was a little bit scary. So to have what we have just had on a wonderful Sunday afternoon, which I don't know about you guys, but over here in West London, uh, it's a bit grey. Um, you know, it's a bit grim, but I tell you what, that means nothing to me whatsoever. So what I want to do is let's try and do this chronologically and we'll talk about, go right back to the beginning and talk about lineups. But before we do that, I want kind of the one minute immediate feelings. We'll start with you, Captain Cook, uh, Mr. James Cook. Uh, Just your one minute on how you're feeling right now based on what we've just seen. Surprised, to be honest, and I shouldn't be because we all know this team is capable of this type of performance. But just to echo what you said, 
I saw this out of this little cluster of fixtures we've got amongst all those kind of nice home games we've got against the likes of Bournemouth, which was a lot harder than we expected last week. If the, the results had flipped and the Bournemouth game, the result from that was the result we'd seen today, I wouldn't have been so surprised. But given that, you know, it's, it's panned out in a way where we've struggled at home to Bournemouth, got over the line in emphatic circumstances and then gone to Fulham, which I expect to be such a tough game and won it, so convincingly so so convincingly uh, it just says so much about the character of this team I mean you've got ways of winning um you've got wins like last week you've got wins like today this one is obviously a lot easier on the whole older heart palpitations but thoroughly enjoyable never saw it coming never saw it being quite that uh that that superior but this team just are capable of absolutely anything the world is our oyster at the minute and I just I, I can't wait to watch us play again based on today yeah, it was, it was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, come on, Amanda. You'll go. Give us your one minute before we start talking oh about team God. lineups I, and stuff. I don't even know, Chris. I'm just, I was, I woke up really early and I put a tweet out saying I'm really stressed. And I just think it's just a natural reaction to where we are at the moment. Which is, I think, I think rival fans have just got to me um, and just keep saying it's going to collapse, it's going to collapse, it's going to collapse. And I think I'm starting to believe it's going to collapse, it's going to collapse, it's going to collapse. And and I don't know why I should, because we're coming out stronger and stronger and stronger every game. You know, 3-0, clean sheet, Jesus back. I nearly cried when he ran on the pitch, but we'll talk about that later. How do I feel? I feel very proud of this team. I feel very proud of Mikel and the management. I feel so proud of our fans because you would never have known there was a Fulham fan there until about the 81st minute. Um, I, I think they've sung their hearts out again, again. And it came... It, listen, it's, it's always tough playing the day after your rivals have won. You feel that pressure. We would have only been... If we'd have lost... I know Fulham are sixth in the league going for Europe. And yet we were magnificent. We we controlled the whole game and it was absolutely fabulous to watch. It was absolutely amazing. And it's really interesting that you were just saying about like everyone else is talking about the collapse and uh, you hear it so much that you start to believe it yourself. But we need to, I, okay, I'm going to admit, I say we, I, I will hold my hands up and say, I need to recognise that, and we talked about the scar tissue of um, previous seasons and Arsenal over the last five, ten years. We need to recognise that this team are different. And I put a tweet out just before, the, just as the match was ending, saying, this sort of performance gives me real Morpheus from the Matrix vibes. And what I mean by that is that line that he says, which is, he's beginning to believe. That's, that's me. I'm actually getting to that point. But right, let's bring it, let's dial it right back to the beginning. Uh, team lineups. Mr. Cook, um, how good was it to see Leo Trossard on the team sheet from the beginning? And also Gabby Jesus on the bench. Fantastic, to be fair. And I think I'd even throw Tierney in the mix as well, because mm -hmm. he, he obviously missed the game against Sporting. And I think it was really important that he got 20 minutes at the end today, given that we all assume he'll start on Thursday night. And, and I thought he looked good, to be fair. But seeing Trossard back really took me by surprise, to be honest, because I thought when he went off against Bournemouth, it looked like quite a bad knock. I assumed he would be out until at least after the international break. So to see him come back to go straight into the starting 11, his performance was magnificent today. And he is exactly what we need at this point in the season because he, he, I've always rated him at Brighton. I thought he was fantastic. And obviously 
given what happened in January, he was a bit of an underwhelming signing, I suppose, given the discussion around Mudrik and we were so close to signing him and he's not a hundred million pound player, you know, he's a 20 odd million pound player, but for the money and given what he's already offered us, he's already paid that off. Like he's been absolutely superb and he's 28 years old. I know a lot of people were turning their noses up at that. I think that's absolutely mental. That's when a player is in their prime. They can offer so much to the team and with an attack that is full of young heads in Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli and Ketia. Uh, he is exactly what you need at that age. He is a calming presence. He's a technician, very clever. The ball at his feet is fantastic in tight areas. I've just got so much time for him. He's such an asset to this team. Whether he's starting or off the bench, he is, I think, one of the best signings we've made ever in a January transfer window. And I don't think that's being reactionary. He is that good. And he's still got a lot of years ahead at Arsenal. I, I do believe that. And if we are going to win this league, he will. we will look back at that signing and say, yeah, that was an important one. That was one that got us over the line. And I can't wait to see him continue his career at Arsenal because, uh, I mean, I'm going off on a massive tangent here, but I, I love everything about him. And the way he interlinks and interchanges with Gabby Martinelli. I mean, I know he started the game on the sheet as the centre forward, but look at where all his assists came from. It was all, all on that left-hand side. It's all that weaving, ducking and diving, just causing chaos and confusion in the Fulham defence. I love it. And um, I know we've got Jesus back, but the options we've got... In that area of the pitch now, I mean, it, it's a real headache as to who starts regularly in the Premier League for us. Yeah, and and that's amazing. And um, I want to get Amanda's thoughts on the the team lineup. Anything just from your side, Amanda? But can we zone in on Trossard? Actually, let's start with that because, as Carl said in the chat, um, man of the match, and I think Karen as well said, mm. you know, my man of the match today. And I don't think many of us would disagree. Just as a quick one, obviously, send in your questions as we're going through, because when we get to the last five, 10 minutes, we'll uh, we'll answer as many as we can. So if you want to talk about today's game, great. If you want to talk about the next few games, great. If you want to ask us any questions about particular players, go for it. And I'll get Amanda to read out some of the ones for the last five, 10 minutes. But Amanda, Trossard, team lineup, happy. You know, not happy. I'd imagine the answer is probably that's a rhetorical question, really. But talk to me a little bit and let's do some waxing lyrical about Leandro Trossard. Well, who got, sorry, who got a hat trick of assists today. I know. And that's a, um, apparently a, re- a premiership record. Um, so that what I do is I um, have Arsenal and alert. So the minute that team comes out, the two names I looked for were Trossard and Jesus. And I saw Trossard in the starting 11 and Jesus on the bench. And I went, yes, like we'd already won the game. I was like, I mean, I wasn't cocky or anything. I just was so excited that the fact that Jesus, I nearly cried when he ran on. I knew I would. I was welled up. But Trossard has been... A revelation. Now, you know, and I bore everybody with this every week. And welcome to everyone in the chat room. I'm so sorry I didn't welcome you all. Um, welcome. And as Chris said, please send us in questions and anything. I'll save them for the end. Um, is that I bore everybody when I say this, but you really need to give people a chance. Do not write off anyone. Anyone that puts that jersey on needs to be supported. And I do not not get it. I just don't. I, I I thought Trossard was a really good player. Most of Brighton's players are good players. So for me, I was quite excited. I was like, okay, everyone was raving on about Mudrik. If I'm honest, I didn't know that much about him. I wasn't, I don't ever take much notice of rumours. Um, everyone seemed very distraught when we didn't get him. So I was a bit down. I was down because everyone else was down. And then I thought, okay, well, what do I do? He signs Trossard. And I'm like, this is brilliant. I love anyone from Brighton. Anyone. They're great. And um, yeah, what a revelation. 
But again, he is another one that has just come to us and fitted in like he's been there five years. And James, the thing is, it is an amazing problem for um, Arteta to have. But I'll tell you what, it's not a problem because what he will do is what he did today with the five substitutes. It don't matter if you start, you're going to get a chance. He brought on like half a new team. It was absolutely lovely to see TNA and all that. But going on, I mean, look, Joe Bo saying the same thing. Trossard, the most amazing yep. signing. It, it, he really is. He really is. And if you heard Alan Smith talking about him as well and how well he's fitted in with us, I mean, we're so lucky. People don't realise the dross we've had over the years. I don't mean to dis be disrespectful, but we've had some dross on that bench. And when you look at that bench now, it's like, I'll have that one and I'll have that one to come on. All of them, ESR sitting there. This is the most amazing thing we've never had. It's called, people, strength in depth. And we're going to need it. We've got sport in Lisbon Thursday. I want to win the Europa League. These people that are going, oh, forget it. We've got to go for the league. I want to go for both. We've got, the, we've got the squad. And Jesus is back. I'm just going to say it again. Jesus is back. It's lovely, isn't it? And I echo the sentiments of Jobo there. Honestly, Trossard, I was a bit like, yeah, you know, that's decent bit of squad depth. But watching him today, absolutely fantastic. As we said earlier, the hat-trick of assists, beautiful, wonder, wonderful stuff. Sorry to if anybody's watching this, obviously, there are some people that download this and so listen to it afterwards. Uh, if you're watching this and you see me randomly leaning across, it's because I'm taking a victory pint. I'm pouring myself a victory pint and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. But on the Trossard stuff, what I love about him is his two-footedness. And as a former sort of defender myself, it's really difficult when an attacking player is two-footed because the way they shift their body means that you can't... It's really difficult to actually position yourself. So the way that he shifts his position... I think it was... Was it the Erdegaard? It might have been the Erdegaard goal or it might have been the second goal. But he basically goes to faint... He goes one way and then faints to go the other way. And as a defender, you just... You don't know where to put your weight on your right foot or your left foot. And a player like that that's so nimble... I mean, I didn't realise how good he was until these last few games he's been absolutely fantastic i'm absolutely loving it but let's let's move on then so first half um just a few stats for you cookie uh, and then i just want you to talk a little bit around let's talk around that first goal actually before that let's talk about the uh, off the offside goal which was it's offside but you know that's from a, a nat's testicle um, level of uh, offside that was but um we had 15 shots to Fulham's 12. I think most of Fulham's, well, all of Fulham's 12 will have come in that second half. Uh, seven on target, which is a bizarre stat because it felt like we probably could have had about five or six goals in that first half. 56% possession to 44. Uh, 539 uh, passes to their 432. And our per passing accuracy was 86% to Fulham's 82. So if you don't look at, if you take out the scoreline, it almost looks like a bit of an equal game. I want to talk about that second half in a minute because I think that skews the numbers. But let's just go through that first half and relive it, James. Um, first goal that was offside. Talk me through your thoughts on that. And then also let's get to the actual goal itself, which is a, a beautiful header from a corner from Mr. Big Gabby himself. You're on mute, mate. I can't hear you. Hey, that's been a while since you've done oh that. God. I think that's my first time of the season I've done that. Captain my God, Cook. amateur hour. This is what happens when you you leave me out of the equation for too long, Chris. I start to fall asleep. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was so disappointed that first goal was ruled out because uh, it was an absolute beauty. And uh, I know some people weren't overly happy with um, Jack and Delay in the past a little bit, but I think 
I think he had to to get it through the legs of the Fulham defender so Martinelli could get onto it. And yeah, I mean, it's just an absolute inch offside, isn't it? Um, not even that. So, uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, offside is offside. So, yeah, um, disappointing. But to respond so quickly in the way that we did, uh, it was a really good corner. I thought all of our corner deliveries were fantastic today. And Gabriel has been well overdue, that sort of header. And it really epitomised what was such a dominant performance, the way he won that header. And then obviously, we'll go on to talk about the other goal, but the way Martinelli won his header as well, we just out-battled them, out-fought them. The simple things in football, I thought we did really, really well. And just touching back to Trossard as well, because I, I just got, got a wax lyrical about him. It. It's not just his goals and assists and contributions in general that are so good, but if you look at his work rate today and the, the amount of tracking back he did, uh, it was all top class. But you could say that about everyone. Every time Fulham went forward, we hunted them in packs. And it's just, it's good to see, and well, it's great to see an Arsenal team that's not only got the quality and the technical ability, but also the tenacity and the work rate, because it's very rare that you get all of those things coming together. And I really feel like we've got that in this Arsenal team. The fans are behind it. The players are fully involved. We've got a fantastic head coach. I mean, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent once again, but there's so much to enjoy about this Arsenal team. And uh, yeah. We deserve that opening goal, and it just summed up what was a great opening 20 minutes. Do you know what's really interesting? Um, Amanda, I want to get your thoughts on this. When it, Up until we score our first goal, I'm always like, is this going to be one of those games? I don't know if it's just me, and I'm just a complete sort of um, warrior too much, but I, I'm always like, is this going to be one of those games? It's going to be one of those games, isn't it? It's going to be one of those games. Oh, no goal on 17 minutes, VAR check. But And then I think just before we scored... Uh, Alan Smith, I think, said, you know, this has been an utterly dominant Arsenal performance so far. But in my head, watching it as a fan, I'm like, oh, my God, we're not going to, you know, this is going to be slow. This is going to be laboured. You know, Fulham are just going to sit deep or we're not going to create our chances, blah, 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 blah. But talk me through your thoughts up until the first real goal is scored. Are you the same as me or are you like, no, I can see we are playing amazing. It's only a matter of time. No, I'm only like that if we have five chances and Leno, say, would have scored, saved five of them and then I'd have gone, oh, my God, it's one of those days. And Cole is the complete opposite, um, my other half. He's so positive and every time I go, oh, my God, you know, it's 80 minutes and we haven't scored or, you know, something like that. He's more positive. I'm a bit more like you, Chris. He would hate to sit with you because I think he hates watching football with me at home. Um, but today I wasn't like that. I I called offside, unfortunately. I thought he was. Didn't really even need to go to VAR you could see it was yeah. so that was fine um, I wasn't worried after that I, I didn't become like really concerned um, I was gutted because we did have many many chances and we could have done five or six today or seven at least and I just want to say um, a special hello to Kelvin Lewis who is my dad because this is what he says to me and this is no word of a lie he goes on and on and on about goal difference at the start of every season I used to shout goal different counts three nil away is great but we could and should have had two more in the first half you never know right that's my dad so you now know where my negativity comes from and Cole can't stand it it's quite funny he's Mr Positive Although, as I said before, Everton, I didn't fancy it and we didn't. And then I predicted another one. I got that result right. But this one, I think I was just being over, over cautious because, as I said, I keep being told it's going to collapse. Uh, and I think finally tonight, after this, when I was just logging on to do the pod, I started to think, do you know what? I've got to stop 
listening to the voices in my head saying yeah. same old Arsenal whatever this podcast is called same old Arsenal and I've actually started to believe and I don't know if you noticed but the crowd said we're gonna they started singing we're gonna win the league I, I think that's the first time I've heard it and I think we're all starting to believe now and I loved what Alan Smith said about us Chris he he was asked um, I don't know if everyone saw it pre-game. They did the interview. Mikel was interviewed and when he went off, they said to Alan Smith, do you think they can do it? And he said, yes, I do. He said, um, I'm starting to see why not, why can't they do it? And now I'm starting that. And especially when I looked at that bench and the rotation we can do and we can switch up games. And if anyone plays like Fulham did, they didn't time waste. They weren't dirty. They didn't do any of the shithousery we've seen recently. Unfortunately for them, we will beat them. Now, that's why we're going to have teams like Crystal Palace next Sunday who are going to come and park a bus. So, it, that's the games that I will probably feel a little bit more like you, Chris, next Sunday where it's half time, it could be nil-nil, you know, that sort. But I am starting to believe, if I'm honest. Yes, yeah, interesting. I'm going to stick with you, Amanda, and then I'll ask the same question to James. Um, I, I, and just a couple of comments. Um, comfortable win from start to finish from Rancid Pumpkin. Totally agree with you, mate. Uh, it, was a, it was the archetypal, I'm worried until we get the first goal. And then after that, I'm like, yeah. And exactly the same as Joba. Like, I never actually, and we were talking about this in our WhatsApp group because we talked, we talked about whether or not to run to do this at 4 p.m. or to do it at 7:30. And I said in our chat, I was like, I almost don't want to do it at 4 p.m. because if it's it's we're changing something. Yeah, we're normally we go out at 7:30 p.m. on a yeah. Sunday evening, depending on when the games are, or you know, because we're all season ticket holders. So if we're at the games, then it's a little bit more difficult. But I was almost a bit like, oh, are we curse, are we are we tempting fate by saying let's do something a little bit different? Could it be our fault? If we end up losing this game because we've changed, You're so like me, Chris. This is the this is the superstition of a classic football fan. But the question I want to ask you because I'm waffling and rambling: Was it Arsenal were good, or was it Fulham were terrible? Arsenal were good, and Carl and I discussed it because he got annoyed when the commentator went, you know, Fulham haven't you know offered much. We didn't let them offer much. We'd controlled the game. We took it to them. And unfortunately, teams will not play against us like that because that's what we'll do. Because we're that fucking good. Excuse my language. And it's about time that everyone's stopped. I'm getting a lot of rival fans saying things to me like, yeah, but you know what you like. You blow it with the 10 games to go. Wait till April and all that. You know what? I'm now... As you know, as I've said to everybody, enjoy every minute. This is the best season we've had in so many years. It's phenomenal football. Um, but no, I'm starting to believe, Christopher. Oh, I love it. I love it. James, same question to you. Arsenal rubbish? Oh, sorry. Arsenal good or Fulham rubbish? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bit of both, but I think leaning heavily in favour of Arsenal being really good. I mean, we just kept them at arm's length for the entire game. Um, just physically so powerful, just so dominating. Um, it was like a training session at times. I, I do think uh, Fulham played a part in, you know, making it so easy for us. They just offered absolutely nothing. Um I do think it helped that our back four were stupendous today for all of them were absolutely magnificent. Ben White, such a calming presence, but Gabriel Saliba in particular was outstanding today. Really, really good. Uh, Zinchenko doing what he always does. Ramsdale made a few misplaced passes to always make things a bit more difficult than they need to be. But aside from that, I mean, it was just total and utter comfort apart from a few half chances that Fulham had in the second half, which forced a decent save from Ramsdale. But I can't think of any particular moment they had. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk of them missing Paulinho, who's you know undoubtedly a quality player. But I mean, surely if you're a team that is so dependent on one player, that, that says a lot about you. And I know we obviously have had that problem in the past where if we've lost Partey, then, you know, we... I don't want to say we collapse, but we definitely aren't as good as we can be. And I can understand that Fulham might feel that they're in a similar position. If they lose Paulina, they're not as good as they can be or as effective as they can be. And obviously, I, I can't tell you how glad I was when I saw William wasn't available. Like, I was absolutely yeah. over the moon because I know he's 34. He's getting on a bit, but he's been excellent for Fulham. And I would have put my house on him impacting the game in some way today. So I do think that that played into our hands a little bit that they missed key players. But... I've seen a lot of people saying that we've come up against a lot of teams that have missed key players this season. We went to Brighton, they had no McAllister or Caicedo. We've been to other teams and they've missed key players. So what? Who cares? So have we. Yeah, Yeah. we've had Jesus out for over three months. Like, for God's sake, it's football. It happens. Players get injured. You're not always going to have your best players available each and every moment. And we've just done our job. We've turned up and we've got 11 clean sheets in 14 away games. That is sensational. And I just, you know, I feel more confident going into some of these away games and home games. That, 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 that's how good we are away from the Emirates at the minute. Yeah. Can I you just, know, sorry, on, Chris, can I just bring in a couple go. of, you know, that we were just saying, so Joe Bo's saying that. I almost want to say we played like champions, but I can't yet. When can we? When can we, you know, start to um, wax three, lyrical? I get that, Joe. We're 10 points clear with two two games to go. That's when. <laughs> um, I've got some quotes here about Trossard. I just want to go back, Chris, because yeah. Martin Odegaard said, um, one second, sorry, uh, Martin Erdegaard on Trossard. He has brought some amazing things to the team. I love playing with him. He's good to find the right pass. We're really happy to have him on the team. Arteta glowing on Trossard. You can see him grinning whenever he talks about him. When a lot of players rush decisions, he's the opposite. He created three, could have scored two. Injury could have taken another week or 10 days, but he was really willing to come back. Now, I've got some other quotes, but we'll go through them as... as you know, there's quite a few about Jesus as well. Um, Trossard has said, a perfect win for us. I'm really happy with a hat-trick of assists. I always try to contribute. Today it went my way. I'm just really happy we won. We love you, Leandro. We love you. <laughs> 
he is a fantastic player and a fantastic signing, as we've already kind of touched on. I just want to talk about, um, Cookie, what you were just talking about there around the Paulinho stuff, the injuries. We've missed Zinchenko for a couple of months earlier in the season or six weeks, something like that. We've missed Partey for, I think, about five or six games now. I think I worked out the other day, um, we've missed him for like 20% of the season, uh, Partey. And you just think he's missed two or three games here or there. But that has an impact because he's a huge mm. difference on our player. In terms of William, I get it, it because he's a former player. But let's not give that waddler, that absolute waddler, any pre- any kind of praise. He and I'm only saying this because we don't have to play Fulham for the rest for for the rest of the season now, so it's not going to come back to bite me in the ass. But I don't care. William was a terrible signing for us. Uh, 34 years old. Zinchenko or Tierney would have had him in his pocket. It made absolutely no difference. I also think that the way we played the game, we, we and the way we do play the game is we spread the ball out wide. So unless Paulinha is like this amazing guy that covers the pitch on both sides instantly, um, he's going to be in the middle. Perhaps that he could have he could have influenced. I don't think he would have he would have definitely have improved them. Don't get me wrong, but I think the way that we played and this goes back to the Arsenal good, full and bad. I think the way that we played today would have negated any of that. But I want to talk about my favourite um, guy at the moment, um, Martin Odegaard, because he's just so handsome. He's he's our <laughs> captain. He's just the best footballer ever. Um, I'm going to uh, just go back to you, Cookie, on this one. Let's talk about that third goal. Again, Mr Trossard involved. You can talk about him if you want, but you must save some time to say nice things about my boy Martin. He's done it again. You're on mute. Oh, he's so unprofessional. Three I'm strikes. So, and then, this, I tell you what, I tell you what, no. three strikes. Now, hold on, 66. Three strikes. And then people in the chat think of a forfeit that James has to do. Also, one of the things I did want to just mention, I've just, uh, I've just I thought about this earlier. If you've got, look, Amanda and I were talking about superstitions. If you've got any superstitions, put them in the chat. We'll read those out as well. Like uh, so I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, was talking about. Um, uh, they don't wear their they don't they're not washing their pink or their pink third strip. Love it, yeah. absolutely love it. So if you've got any superstitions, put them in the chat and we'll read them out. Superstitions on I'm not doing this. I'm this is not happening because uh, if if I, I change something, then at the end like we're not going to win the league. But Cookie, sorry, Erdegaard, <laughs> are you off mute? I hope so. I'm I'm just going to keep myself unmuted now. I'm too worried about what this forfeit could be. This is what <laughs> happens when we go live straight after a game. You've caught me in too much euphoria. Bill um, said, Cookie, if you do it again, you can wear a Spurs shirt for the rest of the pod. <laughs> no, we wouldn't infest. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. Um, we wouldn't give that to anybody. Very bold of you, Phil, to think I've got one of those lying around my house. But um, <laughs> yeah, thankfully that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, Odegaard, absolutely sensational again today. He's had a few quiet games recently, but this one, he just, uh, perfect Odegaard game. And he should have had more goals, to be honest, because there was a chance in that second half where Nelson put the ball on absolute plate for him and he should have put it in the back of the net. But the goal he scored, right place, right time. Fantastic work by Trossard again. Um, brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. And him scoring takes him to 10 Premier League goals now. And combine that with Saka and Martelli both having... Um, 10 goals as well. I mean, we've got three players that have scored 10 or more goals in the league this season. It's just so good to see that shared about, especially when you consider it. it, Well, it feels like a not so long ago time when uh, we had a Bamiyang banging in every single goal for us and he had those fantastic seasons. But 
the goals weren't coming from anywhere else. But now we've got a real team that is sharing the goals. We're not dependent on one player and adding Trossard into the mix as well. I think he could easily end the season on, you know, hell of a lot of goal contributions for us. I mean, he already will. Um, but we, we've got Jesus back in the team now. We've got Reese Nelson coming out of absolutely nowhere. We've got Jesus coming back. I mean, how many goals and assists can these guys contribute in these final, um, in this final further the season? It's, it's, it's really exciting, really, really exciting to see. And it's so important looking ahead to that game on Thursday that players like, Smith Rowe, like Jesus, get properly bedded into the team so that we can continue this and make sure we've got players that we can bring off the bench to change the game, to get an assist, to get a goal. The squad depth is sensational. It's absolutely sensational. I know you asked about Erdegaard initially, but there's so many players in this team I could talk about and how good they are. But he is the man that when we're purring, he he is the one that's making it tick all over the place. It's, I I can't. I can't, I've almost got, if you could turn my face into an emoji, there would be like hearts in my eyes when I talk about Martin Odegaard. And that goal today was amazing. Amanda, I want to get you to uh, do some do some waxing over Mr. Odegaard. But what I loved about it personally was the composure. It's like the he took a touch, he took a second touch. I think he even took a third touch before then just rifling it in the back of the net. That kind of peripheral vision, the ability to to finish the way he's doing. I mean, he's just come on leaps and bounds in in even the couple of years that we've had him, hasn't he? He has. And, you know, interesting, like a lot of my Man City friends are a very different breed to us. Okay, they're extremely cocky. They're extremely different to how we talk about football and stuff because obviously they just won year after year. And it's so interesting because I had a conversation with one of them. I said, you know what? And this was quite a few weeks ago. I said, I think Erdegaard is nearly on par with De Bruyne. And he literally went for me. And I mean, proper took the piss, went for me. And I said, listen, De Bruyne is my favourite player from another team. He is absolutely magnificent. I'm, I, I meant to say not on par, but he's sort of becoming that sort of player. And I don't care that he took the piss out of me because I'm right. Because that boy is, I, I, I could like you, I could wax lyrical, Dave, magnificent, sublime, clever, intelligent, definite captain material, <laughs> definitely our captain. And He's become, I don't know what the word is, like a stalwart of, of that midfield. I don't feel comfortable if he's not there. It's the same with Thomas Partey. I don't feel comfortable if he's not there. I think they're both the glue that keep it together. However, he's now been named as Odegaard, and I sort of get that. And I love him. I love him more than you, and I will fight him for you. Fight him. <laughs> I'll fight you for him. Um I don't. I disagree slightly, James. I don't think he's been quiet the last few games. If anything, Saka's been a bit quiet the last couple of Premier yeah. League games, and I would never slag him off for that. Um, I've noticed. I noticed in the last Premier League game, he just probably slightly needs a rest. And luckily, we now have the players that can do that. Um, maybe give him a rest. Definitely Thursday night. I would well, Saka anyway. Just talking about Erdegaard, but. Um, I want when you talk about Martinelli, I want you to come back to me, okay, on Martinelli. Well, I'm going to give uh, Mr. Cook an opportunity to do the rebuttal there on the uh, Erdegaard thing because uh, do you want to uh, make any just final closing statements on Martin before we go to Martinelli? Cool. More Martin. What can I say? I mean, 
Um, I don't really know what else I can add to be honest there, Chris. I think I've got everything off my mind that, uh, that was... Fair enough. <laughs> I, I mean, one of the things I've just looked, I don't know how up to date this is, I've just looked on a site which says that um, goals and assists, De Bruyne and Erdegaard are currently level. So I make you absolutely right, Amanda. Um, they are on the same part. We're not talking about in time, in perpetuity... No. Kevin De Bruyne has been doing this for years yeah. and years and years. If you take this season in isolation, you cannot deny that Erdegaard has been one of the best players in this division. But um, let's stick, uh, let's go on to Martinelli because let's have a little chat about Martinelli and uh, Cookie. I think I sort of, uh, I chucked you under the bus a little bit there because uh, we've already done too much on Martin Erdogan. There's so much to get through in terms of the players. So I'm going to let you have a minute or two on Martinelli, uh, his performance today. How do you think he went? A bit unlucky with um, the first uh, offside, but uh, he made amends. He's bagged another goal. And then uh, I know Amanda's keen to talk, so I'll give her her moment with Martinelli. Well, firstly, you can never have too much Martin Erdegaard. Let's get that straight. Um, <laughs> Martinelli was really good yet again today. Uh, he's another one that could have had a few more goals in his locker as well. I was really impressed with his performance. And it just goes to show that even though he was out of the team very, very, very briefly, it has had a good impact on his performances. And I think Saka could potentially benefit from something similar because I agree with you, Amanda. He, um, I don't mean he's been poor, but he has been quiet. He's not impacting games in the way that we know he can. So maybe whether that's against Sporting or whether that's against Palace, given that we have got someone like Trossard or Nelson or even Smith-Rowe to play in that position, um, I think we can take Saka out without detrimenting the lineup too much. Yeah. And based on how we played today, I, I don't think Saka had a huge influence in any of the goals that we scored. They all came from that left-hand side. So I think that's a relatively risk-free change we can make. But Martinelli has benefited massively from Trossard coming into the team. And this way we're playing, like I alluded to earlier, where we we have him and Trossard interchanging and causing havoc. One's on the left, one's through the middle. It's fantastic. And his work rate, again, Martinelli, similarly to Trossard's, so tenacious, fantastic, always gets back at the right times, always one to help the team out. We know he's always done that, though. So... That shouldn't come as a surprise. That's absolutely nothing new. So, yeah, um, he was fantastic once again. Uh, I think he's going to end this season with a really, really healthy... I mean, he's already got a healthy goal contribution tally, but I think he'll get even healthier. And I'm so happy for him because we know he's... He, you know, when Arteta first came in, he wasn't exactly in the team. He he had a couple of injury problems. Um, and I think with that in mind, actually, probably would be a good time to rest him potentially on Thursday, given that himself and Saka, you know, they've both played so much football recently. Um, and like I say, similarly to, to the um, potential change we can make with Saka, we, we can make those changes with Martinelli. The, the good thing is we've got players that are so fluid, that are so dynamic, that can kind of play anywhere across that front three now, um, that we can make those kind of wholesale changes and then not be too much of a drop-off in quality. So I'm really pleased with him. I couldn't be over more, more over the moon for him. He is, um, he, similarly to what you were saying about Erdegaard, for me, he is one of the best wingers in the league at the minute. Yeah, he is absolutely fantastic. I'm loving Martinelli. Rancid Pumpkin's comment in the uh, chat in the comment, brilliant, Trossinelli. And actually, Amanda, I'll bring you into the chat on the uh, Martinelli uh, debate, the t- discussion, but the difference that Trossard makes. Nketi is a fantastic player. He's been really good with us. He's filled in. He's got goals. Very, very happy with him. No issues with uh, Eddie whatsoever. But the way in which Trossard has been able to link up with Martinelli, it's almost unlocked him, hasn't it? It has. And now Jesus is back. He's going to have like the abundance of, you know, that that play, that the interlocking play that you had with him. I mean, we, I, honestly, 
So one of the things that I'm enjoying at the moment is Martinelli's got five in five. Just every game he's scoring. Gabby Agbonlahor. Agbonlahor. Right. Agbonlahor. Called him rubbish on TalkSport. Actually used the word rubbish. Since that moment on, he's got five in five. And I tweet Gabby on TalkSport. Every single time he scores. So big up to you, Agbon Lahore. If you could say Arsenal were rubbish, we'll just carry on doing what we do. Um, how disgraceful is that as a young player who has got so much potential for a for a pundit to say that or a presenter or whatever he is, ex-footballer? Because that is really outrageous. He can say he's on poor form. He can say that. And since then, thank you, Gabby. And thank you, Gabby Martinelli. Um, one of the best wingers in the league, without any shadow of a doubt. I, I tell you what I get a little bit upset about lately, is we're not respected enough. Martinelli is superb. Erdegaard, Trossard, Saka. I mean, how Saka will not be young player of the year and player of the year, I, I can't even be. I can't even go into that. It'll be another conversation for another day. Um, it's just, we're so lucky. We're so lucky. I don't think people realise. If you've not been watching Arsenal as long as I have, and 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 I can't I can't get over how exciting it is that we look at the substitutes and we go, oh yeah. wow, Tierney's coming on. Wow, Jesus. And and it's really interesting. We've got some questions on Jesus that I'm holding back till we go to question and answer with the uh, with the viewers. Um we're so lucky. Martinelli is absolutely wonderful. And the other day against Sporting, that run he made in our box to their box. Now, I did criticise him at the very end bit because he should have chipped the goalkeeper. However, what a run. People were coming for me because I said he should have chipped the goalkeeper. That's all I said. However, he should have, but that's not the point. What a run. It was reminiscent, wasn't it, of the Chelsea run that he did. He's only going to get better. They're all only going to get better. So for those fans that keep saying to me, this is a one-off, it's not a one-off. They're young. They're progressing. And we've got Mikel and he knows what to do. He does indeed. Um, I do think we're going to have to, as the home and away fans, we might have to upgrade that uh, that song, which is um, obviously Tierney at the back, Gabby in attack, um, Arsenal on the way to Champions League. Uh, just to, just as a little aside, um, we are 18 points clear of Tottenham. That is six football matches. There are 11 football matches to play. If we beat Leeds, sorry, if we beat Palace next weekend and then Leeds after the international break, then... Let's not worry about top four because that should be sewn up. Um, We're not. And Chris, can I just, sorry, talk over you, but Simon Lester, good afternoon, Simon. I'm trying not to think this way, but this season really is taking me back to 88, 89, hungry youngsters with a splash of experience. And I was only thinking that this afternoon. I was trying to think back to the season this reminds me of or is similar to Simon's my age. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone knows I was at Anfield. Everyone knows I went to Anfield thinking we were never going to do it. No way. We'd drawn and lost the week before. Um, it just, it is reminiscent to that because... People still do, anyone that's not Arsenal, keep writing us off. They keep saying, yeah, but City, yeah, but City, yeah, but City. Well, you know what? Yeah, but Arsenal, yeah, but Arsenal. Love it. James, do you care that people in the media are writing us off or, you know, the whole respected thing and all of that sort of stuff? Because actually, I don't care. And the longer that it goes... Hopefully it can go it can go like this for the next seven or eight games and we can win the next seven or eight games and then suddenly they're like, Oh, they're champions. Yeah, I mean I stopped paying attention to what the media said a long, long time ago. Um and to be fair, I think it, it depends where you digest your content from. Um every time I've watched Match of the Day this season, I've got to say, like, I mean, God knows how that's gonna go in the coming weeks, but what Danny Murphy and, he, and you know impartial pundits have said about us, because Danny Murphy's I always think of him because he's always really quick to criticize, but he's always been quite positive of Arsenal this season. So from that point of view, I, I you know, it feels good to see neutral people talking so positively about us. And you know, I see some fans of you know Liverpool or United or whoever on Twitter occasionally saying that they've watched us and they think we'll go on to win the league. And that's always nice. I know that's not the case for a lot. Uh, I think we all know, is it Jonathan Morley on Twitter, that mental Liverpool fan? Um, he is, yeah, mental, he is he? absolutely Funny. mental. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's going to get sectioned sometime soon, with all due respect. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's good to see Arsenal getting some praise. But to be honest, for me, I try to just pay attention to what people like ourselves are saying, what you two are saying, what other Arsenal supporters are saying, because that it's, it's their opinions that really matter, because we're the ones that know the club inside out. We're the ones that watch the club every single weekend and, and midweek as well now. So, um, yeah, they're the people that I'll pay attention to. And uh, long may it continue, to be honest, because, you know, we, we're coming up to the, the final stretch and we're, we're in such a good position. But I just I just hope and pray the inevitable crumble doesn't happen. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I want to get on to the second half. There wasn't a lot of like goal. Well, there wasn't any goals um, or I think there was action because we still created chances. But Amanda, just from your perspective. So I saw that second half as the most professional second half that you could possibly muster. Fulham were always going to come out. You know, they hit the bar. They created all of their chances. I said right at the top of the show, they created all of their chances in that second half. What's your kind of, oh, because there's no point in going to, I don't think going to the individual detailed bits of that second half, but just give me a bit of a flavour and then I'll go back to James on how you felt that second half went. Because me personally, I thought professional display, we kept them at arm's length. It's almost like that sort of analogy, which I think I've used on this pod before of, you know, you get a little kid that you just kind of put your hand on their head whilst they're trying to swing at you and you're like, you can't, you can't hit me, it's fine. You know what, Chris? There isn't much to say, is it? It was men against boys. We completely controlled it. I wasn't anxious one bit. Would love to have got five or six. Really would. Um, Because 
again, there's always that little part of me remembers 89, the fact that, you know, goal difference counted and blah, blah, blah. But I just want to go back to one of the goals. We need to mention Saliba in one of the goals. That pass, I didn't know it was Saliba. That pass to Xhaka was so was, sublime. Wasn't it, wasn't it Ben White? No, it was Saliba. I had yeah, to go and ask, and Adrian Clark at Arsenal told me he went Saliba, and I went, oh, my life, what a pass. Brilliant. And I just think the whole game was like this. So big up to Saliba, and, I, God, I love every player on our team, but Saliba is just awesome. Um, there's not much to say, Chris. We controlled it, men against boys, very happy, would like to have scored more. We kept a clean sheet, you can't argue. They are sixth in the league. You know, they're not that bad. We made them look very, very poor today. Their manager has come out and said, three good goals. No, we gave them to them. They were soft. So I just think, I think everyone outside of Arsenal are not seeing what we're seeing. And we watch it 24, we know we, we're injecting it 24-7. You know, whether we're at the Emirates or we're at away games or abroad, we're all watching them on TV. We're there with them. We know what's going on. We don't really care what anyone else says. And for the comment in um, the chat room, I don't listen to talk sport. The Gabby thing, the Bon Lahore, came on Twitter and it was like a little caption. I, I've stopped listening to talk sport about 14 years ago. Not 14, about 10 years ago. Because Adrian Durham wound me up so much that it was causing me to get grey hair. So I stopped. And I just think that really... People, if they go, it's only Fulham, it's just disrespectful to Arsenal. Yeah, well, Fulham, again, as I said right at the beginning of the show, they have only been, well, before today, they'd only been defeated three times and they're not being defeated by Mickey Mouse teams towards the bottom of the division. It's, well, Tottenham are a Mickey Mouse team, but uh, they've lost to Man United, they've lost to um, uh, Tottenham. Uh, I can't remember who the third one is, but Mr Cook. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, Chris. Can I just mention one more thing? Sorry, and I wanted yeah. to say this to you. Is anyone noticing what Ben White's doing on corners? No. What is he doing? He's blocking the goalkeeper. Now, do you remember he got that goal disallowed because he was yeah. blocking the goalkeeper? He did it again today for the header, for the first goal. And I don't know if, it, and I kept saying to Cole, "This must be a new thing. He's blocking the goalkeeper. Go and watch as yeah, the as the corner comes in. Yeah, it's brilliant." It's it's a really interesting one. He's the sort of player that um, he is, he sort of toes the line of borderline what's legal or illegal on the football pitch, doesn't he, in terms of stuff like that. I think the one against Leicester was a bit of a joke, really, because, you know, he's basically just touching the goalkeeper. We've talked about it previously, um, but ultimately we got the win there. James, second half then, just some thoughts from you on that kind of overall, how it went, because what I want to talk about after that is implications where we're at at the moment in the league the upcoming games also some thoughts about uh, where we've got to go to and also just remember so last five minutes guys we're going to answer as many questions as we can so please whack them into the chat and we will go through but mr cook that second half sort of thoughts about the overall performance and how we dealt with what fulham we're inevitably going to come back with us on yeah, it was really professional, not the most exciting of halves, but I mean, we did kind of what we had to do. I, I was saying in our WhatsApp group that a third goal would kill the game at the end of the first half. And then I saw your message um, quickly after it just said, get in. And uh, I think my TV must have been a couple of seconds behind yours because then I just <laughs> saw the, the goal went in. I was just elated. Um, that goal was hugely important because if we went into the second half at 2-0, I mean, 
I know that's still a very comfortable scoreline away from home, but you know if they get a goal early on in the second half, then the, the dynamic of the game changes. We could have been up against it, backs to the walls, and I really couldn't have taken that. So the timing of the first goal right on the stroke of half time, fantastic, killed the game. Men we could relax a little bit more in the second half, and um, yeah, I thought it was just professional. We got the job done defensively, really, really secure. As I said earlier, they had a couple of half chances, but there was never anything clear cut in that. Um, defensively, really good. And we should have had more, to be honest, because we had chances to. Reese Nelson came on, who I would have liked to have seen come on a little bit earlier. But I thought he picked up where he left off against Bournemouth. I mean, obviously, it's, it's always going to be a drop-off after what happened last week. But I thought he was good against Sporting. I thought he was good again for the time he had on the pitch today. To put two fantastic balls into the box in. Uh, one that Erdogan should have done better with that was right on his foot. And um, another one he put in, which was just begging for someone to hit it, but it just was surrounded by full and bodies. There was no one in the box for us. So I was pleased with his performance. And then to rotate in the way that we did, Tierney, Tomiyasu coming on, you just look at the players that every single one we brought on, quality after quality after quality after quality. Um, for Vieira was very good when he came on. Buzzing to see Jesus back. I've got to say, I was so yeah, pleased to see man. him get back on the pitch. And I'm sure we'll speak about what he's going to do in the next couple of weeks. But so good to see him come on. I think this was the exact right, perfect environment for him to be introduced back into the fold. He should have had a goal himself. Um, Vieira put it on a plate for him. But overall, yeah, really pleased that we saw the game out. Would have liked more. It's not always going to be like that. Very professional. And if we could get something similar next week against Palace, I'll be yeah overjoyed. That would be amazing. And for me, so this is what I want to get in, I want to get into now. So three points in the bag, sorted. Um, just a bit of a shout out on the table. I'm sure every single person in the chat room and anybody listening to this, whenever you're listening to it, has probably already looked at the league table about four times. And as Amanda says at the end of each show, smile when you're top of the league. Uh, put your hand up and give it a like when you are top of the league. Arsenal have 66 points. We have won 21 football matches out of 27. That is phenomenal. Drawn three, lost three. Goals four, 62. Goal difference. We talked about that earlier, how that's going to make a difference. Goals against 25. Goal difference of 37. We're five behind Man City now. So if we can just give Palace a good smashing then next weekend, then maybe, maybe we could uh, we could be we could uh, be in with a shout from a goal difference perspective as well. But Amanda, I want to get your thoughts now with I get this is the time of the time of the season where I start going into like full, you know, my mum was an A-level maths teacher calculations mode. We've got 11 football batches left. Right. I think my gut feel is we need 90 points. And tell me what you guys in the chat think as well. I think we need 90 points. We're on 66 at the moment. We've got six home games. We've got five away games. I think if we win eight of those remaining 11 games, that gets us 90 so I think we've got to win two away games and all of our home games. That might be enough for the title. Do you feel the same? And by the way, some of the away games are West Ham away, Nottingham Forest away, Newcastle away, Liverpool away, Man City away. Are you getting the same vibes as me that that will probably do it? Or are you like, I don't even want to go into that level of calculus right now? I don't go into that level of calculus, but... I've just starred a question that I was going to ask. We might as well bring it in now because Simon's yeah, saying the same thing. Simon Lester, question. 33 points to play for, 29 guarantees, top spot. I think 24 out of five gets top spot. What do you think? I think that's what he means. Um, I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I, 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 I'm <laughs> waiting for, first up, I'm waiting for St. Tottenham's Day. That'll be the first one. Um, second, it'll be guaranteed top four. And then the third one, can we win the league? 
So it really is not a good question for me, Chris, because I don't right. do any of that. Cooking. Fair enough. I am 100% <laughs> with Simon here. I think 24 points gets us. That's eight wins. Eight wins out of 11, six at home, and then we win two away, maybe West Ham and Forest. Maybe we can afford to lose at Man City, at Newcastle, at Liverpool. But James, what, what's your general thought? Or should we stop going into this projecting mode? Oh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to give it a little bit longer before we start going into it. But my overall feelings are, well, my first thoughts and feelings are Arsenal getting 90 points. The prospect of that is mental. Like That just sounds crazy. And I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, I don't know if we'll finish on that, but I mean, we're well on course to do it. I really hope we do. And I think that's that is how far we will have to go because we know how rampant and relentless this City team are. And, you know, they're, they're grinding out results at the minute. Um, they really ground out that one yesterday. I think that we're going to see a lot of that towards the end of this season. We have to make sure we're doing the exact same. Looking at our remaining fixtures, I think, you know, our, our home games are pretty comfortable. The ones in there that I'm looking at as being quite tough are Brighton. I think they're absolute class sides. And obviously yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea at home, I would expect us to win that game. But obviously they're, they're in a mini resurgence at the minute. We don't know what sort of form they'll be in when they come to play us. But... I back them all the time at home to be uh, to, for us to beat them. Um, but our away games, I think they're all really difficult, to be quite honest with you. I mean, Liverpool at home, I know they lost uh, yesterday and they can be such a topsy-turvy, inconsistent side this season. I think their defence looks pretty shambolic, to be honest with you. They, that, the result against United was incredibly clinical. Um, if you look at the amount of shots they had on target, I mean, they converted practically seven out of eight or nine or whatever it was. So that says more about United than it does about Liverpool. Um, but that will be a tough game. City away just cannot lose that. If we lose that, that will be significant. And a Newcastle away, that will be a big one. Um, and Forest away, I mean, God knows where they'll be at uh, that point in the season. And they they obviously held City to a draw at the Forest ground. So I don't expect that to be an easy game. So all of our away games, I expect to be very tough. Play like we did today and we can beat absolutely anyone, home or away. But like you say, we have to win all of our home games and we have to win yeah, at least two of those away games, I think. Lovely. Um, I want to talk about uh, sporting in midweek just before we, just for a, a minute or two before we get into the questions. So I'm going to ask you that, Amanda, and then we'll get into the questions. Um, what do you think um, Arteta will do now for sporting? Will he rotate a lot? Will he rotate hardly anything? Get the game done? How, how do you think it'll play out? Yeah, he'll rotate. I don't see, I don't think we'll see Saka on. Thursday. I think he can see that it's tidy. Pulled him off today. Um, I think he'll play. Um, and I want to talk about Jesus before we go to the questions. Yeah, go on. Um, we should actually. Yeah, I, I think that we sh- we will rotate. Probably have Matt Turner in goal again. Fair enough. Um, I don't want really to see. It's really tough, isn't it? Because I want to win the Europa. Imagine winning the double. Honestly, I, I want to go, go to Budapest. I am going to get myself on the plane to Budapest. I'd love it. I've just never been to Budapest and it's just one of those I don't remember I think 94 was the last time I remember us winning a European anything cup so I think this is something that we should take seriously um yeah we'll rotate he will Jesus will probably play 15 20 maybe 25 minutes um yeah I'd I, I, it's a hard one for me because one of the things that I am doing a lot which is which is 
awful is I'm so concerned about injuries. I've never been like this before. Any time a player goes down, Saka goes down, it's like the end of the world in our house. And mm. Carl tells me to calm down. And I'm like, no, he's injured. Well, my God, we can't. Because I just remember, and for those older people, how we were so phenomenal in the year we won the league and Robert Perez got injured. I swear, it was the first time I cried at Highbury. I was so distraught when he walked. I knew. I knew when he was carried off the pitch, we wouldn't see him again, and we didn't. And I think all our boys that have worked from day one deserve to be there for the rest of the season. Thank God the yellow card thing's gone up to nine because Erdegaard got this fourth one today. Imagine him not playing against City or something. So, yeah, I think he will. I think you've got to protect certain players, but you've got to go and win the game on Thursday night. And I think we can win it on Thursday. Yeah, I think we can win it. I can think we can win it on rotation uh, with a rotated squad as well. So I, just, I expect the likes of Turner and um, maybe Tommy Asu. You'd expect Tierney to play. Came on today, got twenty minutes. That was mm. good. Vieira, you know, maybe maybe there's a Trossard. Uh, no, uh, probably Gabriel Jesus gets 15, 20 minutes. As you say, we are literally into the last five minutes, so it's time for some questions. I'm going to hand over to Amanda before we close off the show. Well, it was, but we got to talk about Jesus. Remember that? Oh, sorry. Please yeah. talk about Gabriel Jesus. Amanda. I'm going to tell you what um, Arteta said. Um, a big, but a, a big boost. It was the first step today. We didn't know whether it was the right game, but yesterday I looked him in his eyes and he said, "I am ready." Now he needs to earn his place like any other player. Oh my God! I can't believe he's back. It's like a new signing. Um, let's see what else he says. Um, Arsenal have won five consecutive away London derbies while keeping a clean sheet each time. The first time this has ever happened to any capital club in Football League history. We just keep today. How many, you know, <laughs> how many more? What's the word? Because my brain's gone. How many more are we going to? Oh, forget me. Ignore me. Um, Leandro Trussard, it's 11 finals for us. We take it game by game. Just... Arteta, again, has to earn his place, Jesus. The team, like anyone, it's a great problem to have, believe me. Honestly, I've been waiting for this moment. I think we all have. I think everyone feels the same. I don't think I'm any different to any other Arsenal fan. I think everybody was absolutely distraught. Um, I, I work, actually work with a Brazilian who told me that it won't be three weeks. It would have been three months around the time it happens because he... He had heard and I was distraught and I kept thinking, no, it's only going to be three, four, maybe five weeks. I feel like I've not seen him for months and months and months and months. And you know what? He came on and it was like he'd never been away. It was absolutely lovely to see. Um, I just think we've got to protect him and he will. He will. But as Arteta said, he's got to earn his place, hasn't he? Yeah, he sure does. So um, you got any superstitions that you want to talk through before we, uh, that people have put in the chat before? Uh, let's I go have. to James because he hasn't said anything for a few minutes. And I really on. hope that he's put on mute so we can get him and <laughs> catch him. Just I've not. Him. I've not. I've just ah, been staying, uh, staying very, very quiet. Um, just quickly on the sporting game. I think that I, I want to win that game, by the way. Like I don't, I don't think there's any could or should about it. I, I want to win that game desperately. I really want to see Arsenal win the Europa League this season. Um, I mean, a, a league in Europa double, what a season that would be. I mean, we've come out of the trenches to potentially have that in our sights. And I think we've got to be sensible with the rotation going into that game. Um, I, I don't know if he'll do it as dramatically as he did in the away leg, but I think at home, you know, it's a slightly different uh, proposition. Um I would probably play a similar team. I would like to see Nelson start again. I think there is a real question over whether we could start Jesus in that game because uh, he looked so sharp when he came on today. I mean, you know, it would be 
you know, whether he, he plays for 30 minutes at the end or whether he plays with 60 minutes or just the first half. Um, he looks really sharp. He looks really fit. And I, I think he would do his confidence the world of good. So I've not got an issue um, with signing him. But yeah, um, superstitions wise, do I have any superstitions? Before a big game, um, this is purely for a big game. I've got a very retro Arsenal shirt, which is just, you know, the proper just red, white sleeves with the little cannon on it, like the proper really old ones um I'll, I'll wear that for big big games that's about my only superstition <laughs> amanda what about you and what so about I've, people in the chat yeah and i've got some of those i've got a pair of arsenal socks that i got for christmas really i've never had a pair before and every time i win them we lose me too they're, they're, i don't know don't think they're the same ones they've just got arsenal 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 written all the way down them like a little line and every time i've worn them we've <laughs> lost so I am adamant that I nearly put them on this morning. Oh, no, no, no. So that is my superstition not to wear them. And the main superstition that I've had since I've been born, and you'll get used to this because I said it to you and you didn't pick up on it, is my dad will phone me or message me and say, I hope your team wins. And I have to say, I hope your team wins even more. And when we, when I say to people on Twitter, I hope your team wins, they go, yeah, but it's your team too. And like, people just don't get it. It's it's a big family thing. My mum, who's not even into football, I just phoned her before the game and she went, I hope your team wins. She doesn't know what she's talking about, but she is my dad's say it. So that's massive for us. And that is something that has always been. Even my son, who's not into football, says, hope your team wins, mum. So oh. it's like, I know, I know. But that is the moment. But the Arsenal socks cannot wear. I cannot wear. I've worn them twice and we've lost twice. Burn them. Burn them. Burn what about them. No, I wear them in the week. I just don't wear them when we play. Fine. What about our listeners? Right, I'm going to go, but I just, I'm, throw, I'm not throwing the socks away. Stefano Lorenzo, welcome to the show. I have one superstition. When we play on a sassy lunchtime, I always put it on 15 minutes in. More often than not, we score as I swish it on. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Adam Park. Hi, Adam. I have an Imperial Mint at kickoff and at the kickoff <laughs> of the second half. It's weird, but it's oddly stuck. <laughs> I love it. I love Mint Imperials. <laughs> I'm just going down the question because I've got questions and superstitions and stuff like this. Right. Rancid Pumpkin. I have to say, Rancid, you've been one of my favourite uh, viewers today. You have been on fire with your Trossinelli. I love it. Absolutely. So, Rancid, my superstition. I clean my flat before the game and I only wash my kits if we lose. I love it. Okay. Must have a very clean flat. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Stevens. Hi, Rob. My superstition is simply just to squeeze my Arsenal pendant just before kickoff and say a little prayer. Oh. Love it. That's quite cute. Um, I think I've got all the superstitions done, but there's quite a few questions. So, shall we start with Let's some questions it. now? Go for it. Okay. We'll go back to Robert, funny enough. My question is based on Thursday night when Arteta brought Smith-Rowe on. He played him in midfield after seeing how Trossard and Martinelli are performing. That has to be his new position. What do you think, boys? Uh, difficult one. I think um, the, the beauty of Smith-Rowe and so many of our other forward players is that they're so versatile. Um, you saw Vieira came on today and he played on the right wing. Um, so I don't think there's any... Yeah, he doesn't have to have a solidified position, but I think the club certainly sees Smith Rowe as being that long-term eight player, the guy who's going to fill in for Granite Jacker. And when you look at 
some of the things and positions that Jacker got into today, particularly that opportunity where the ball fell to his feet and he just took a touch when he should have just blasted it. That's where you would probably want Smith Rowe to be. Um, and if we're going to play someone that advanced, who's going to be bombing up and down the pitch. If Smith Rowe can add the defensive side to his game as well, which I'm sure shouldn't be too much of a problem, then he could be that player in the long term. So I, I don't know if he'll start against Sporting. Um, I really don't. I think the club are being so precautionary with how he comes back into the team. But if there was ever going to be a game to play him in, I think it would be this one. And whether he starts in midfield or whether he starts on the wing, I would expect him to have a good performance. Do you know what? That's really interesting, actually. You just said that about the Smith Rowe and the defensive side of it. I wonder if that's what he's holding him back. Because if you think about that Leicester game, there's that one quick video thing, which um, where that people it's been retweeted a few times, where it shows Leicester on the attack and then suddenly a flood of red shirts just getting back into position as they all just bolt back. And it just shows like how they're working together. And I think Dewsbury Hall even commented it was like, as soon as we hit them in transition... They've just flood back and it became really difficult for us. And maybe because Smith Rowe can't do that side of it, that's why he's being held back until his fitness comes in. But yeah, I mean, can't really echo any more uh, the, the sentiment that James has just said, which I, I agree with. So next question. OK, so someone saw what I saw. Michael machinations. Ben White has a new corner duty to block the keeper and I noticed Tommy Esso also took it up when he came on. We stopped taking those short corners. So it's obviously something they're working on because it's not only me that's noticed that. Thank you for that. Um, people want to know, can Lukonga play against us against nope. Crystal Palace? I wouldn't have thought so. Nope. He can't. Nope. Nope. Alright, super sore. There we go. There's your question answered. Just, just a stat. Today was Mikel Arteta's 100th Three. win as Arsenal manager. Wow. And many Thanks, more. Nigel. <laughs> yep, that's cool. Um, Karen Russell said before, 11 clean sheets. Wow, that's... I think insane. it's 12 now. 12 in total. 12? And I said earlier, we've got 11 away from home. Got to correct myself. Whoever put that on Twitter, you're wrong. It's nine. Right. Okay. Uh, Phil Mack, a question. Okay. Do we start Jesus on Thursday? No, I think I'll ease him. I think he'll ease, ease him in. That's what I would do if I was in his position, like you said earlier, Amanda. Let's have twenty minutes. I think he got ten minutes. Yeah. Let's let's have twenty minutes, and maybe with a view to maybe he gets thirty minutes against Palace, and then we go away for the international break. He gets a full couple of weeks training in. He's not going to Brazil, and we look at that Leeds game to say you can have sixty minutes from the start. Then, with that in mind, though, what would your front three be for the game on Thursday? Personally, I would go with um, Reese Nelson, Leandro, Leandro Trossard, and hmm, maybe a Martinelli. Just, mm. just, just to mix it up a little bit. I think, um, he, like Amanda said, I think he needs to take out Saka just to give him a bit of breathing space. Um, I don't think Gabriel's ready, and I don't think Smith Rowe can start, but maybe he will. Yeah, I think interestingly enough, I know I know he's never really played there for us, but Smith Rowe's played a lot of England youth football on that right hand side. So I don't know if there's a possibility where we could do that. The only problem with that for me would be a front three of Trossard, Smith Rowe, and Nelson feels a little bit lightweight for a game like mm -hmm. this. So I think if you're not going to start Jesus, you've probably got to start one of Saka or Martinelli. But if we can take them, if we can get the game won in the way that we did today in the first half, be freeing them up by half time, we will be in a position to take one of them off. So hopefully. It definitely won't, but hopefully it plays out like that. Um, Melvin Marks. Hello, Uncle Melv. With everyone fit, how can there not be a place for Trussard? What would we do? That's an interesting one. 
But the thing is, you can't have you can't take out Martinelli, Saka, and Gabriel Jesus if they're fully fit. No. But I think one of the things that's interesting, um, I listen to the Arsenal Vision Pod a lot, and Clive talks about how people need to stop thinking in like starts because football has evolved so much with the five subs rule that these players are just rotating minutes. It's actually not about starts, it's about minutes. So yeah. Trossard can get 30 minutes here, he can get 60 minutes there. That's how it needs to work. So I'm kind of coming around to that idea. So I don't worry too much about not, you know, Trossard not starting or a place for him because there's always going to be a place for him. It's just whether or not he's going to play 60 minutes or 30 minutes. And that's the whole purpose of, you know, having a decent squad these days. Okay, um, not so much questions, but things that people want to say. I totally agree, Avon, because I've been there before. Well, we've all been there. I'm not sure I could hack this season going in the last game with us needing to win by two. Yeah. I don't think I could take it. I was 18 the last time that happened. Could you? I just, I don't know. I don't even want to think about that. Um, Okay, rancid. I hesitated all season, but ladies and gentlemen, we're in a title race. And I mean title race, not like Man U. Now, after the Man United game, I said on this podcast that we're definitely in the race now. I've never said we're not in the race since that moment. Are we going to win it is something that keeps being asked. So I'm going to put that up and people can answer. Hold on a second. Carl Stark says, and by the way, thank you for all your um, pictures and stats, Carl, on my phone. I've read some of them out. We appreciate your help. Questions, guys and girls, are we going to win the league? Chris? I don't want to answer that yet. I think I've had a, I've seen a couple of people like Joe in the comments and stuff say, like, I don't want to think about it. So I don't want to answer that question. So you'd probably go to James on that. I'm going to actually duck out of that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really want to believe we will. It's just... I think everything is on that game at City away. Yeah, I, I, the, the I don't Liverpool think so. Oh, I think it is. If we're five no. points ahead and they win that game, yeah, what? Bring, we're two points ahead. Yeah, we're two points ahead. But look at the remaining games we've got after that. When we've got to go to Newcastle and places like that, they, they're running. They've got to play big teams, but they have got a more comfortable running. I expect them to win every single one of their home games. Every single but, one. But I do you remember, James, when we lost to City? I tweeted the morning we lost to City. I do, but that will and come. And I said, the... if we lose to City, doesn't mean we're out. And if we no, win, it doesn't. we beat this, City, it doesn't mean we're going to win the league. This one will come at such a pivotal time. That will really test the metal this we'll afternoon. Because if we lose we at the end of April with a month to go, with minimal games left, and they, they, they either come level on points of us or if they go two points behind, the pressure cooker is on maximum at that point. Like, it will be about to explode so that game for me it you know if we're seven points ahead or whatever it is you know if, if Liverpool can do us a favor and hold them to a draw um in their first game back after the international break that would be unbelievable but if we can go there with a substantial lead if it's more than five points and then they beat us there I'll be like okay relax no need to go crazy let's go and do what we do best but if they come close to us and they outplay us and we just don't look like ourselves I'll have questions but I don't think that will happen I'm confident that won't happen. And I'm not worried about going to the Etihad at all. Like their atmosphere doesn't intimidate me. Their stadium doesn't intimidate There's me. There's no atmosphere. I've been no, there many exactly. Times. So I, I think we can go there and play our football. I really think we can go there and give them a game. And I look forward to it. If we can go there with Party, Jesus, Trossard, if we can go there with everyone fit, we shouldn't lose that game. Okay. But you do realise that the pressure's not on us. 
because no one thinks we're going to yeah, win the league. No, no, I don't believe so. I don't believe it because in the media, no one thinks we're going to win the league. We just do our stuff quietly. Erdegaard has said that. We just take game by game. I'm not worried about City away. I'm not worried. Win, lose or draw. It is what it is. If we win, of, of course, it's going to be absolutely awesome. If we're still five points clear and we lose, the pressure will be on City, not us. No one thinks we're going to win it. I haven't seen thousands and thousands of Arsenal fans tweeting we're going to win the league. I've got loads of City fans that think they're going to win the league. So for me, the pressure's on them. They've got to catch us. So I understand what you're saying. Of course, the confidence will be low there. Their games are a little bit easier in April. But we're the Arsenal. And look how we're playing. That's how I see it. Nice. That's a nice way to end the show. The bit of positivity. <laughs> I love it, Amanda. Well, I've just had a different change of heart this season because, and, and Karen Russell, if we win the league, will there be a parade and who's going? I've told my boss I'm having two days off. I'll, I don't care. Yeah, I'll be booking that time off. It, it'll be gone. Uh, there'll definitely at one million percent be a parade. And I don't think I'm going to leave Arsenal for a couple of days if we, if we win the league. And I don't even drink. So I just want to drink all the atmosphere in. But you know what? I'm not ready to talk about that yet. You know, I, I'm not a City fan. I don't talk about winning the league. I talk about winning the next game, and that is Sporting Lisbon. And that leads me on to our predictions, Christopher. So I'm writing them down. Let, let's do, because we're not going to be here next Sunday, people, because as everybody knows, it's Mother's Day, um, and we're all out that evening. So we're, all we're going to ask our mummies. I am. I'm being taken out by my lovely son. So oh, we're not here. Monday week, we're going to pod at half past seven. That's the only slight change that we're going to make. So we're going to do Sporting Lisbon predictions and Palace at home. James? Oh, you go first, mate. 2-0 <laughs> uh, will beat Sporting Lisbon and we will beat Crystal Palace 3-1. And um, I might stop predicting after that because then it will be 10 games to go and I'll be too scared. <laughs> So I will go 4-2 in the game against Sporting and 2-0 at home to Palace. Uh, Jakub Kivior with all six goals spread across oh, the two games. <laughs> okay, so Sporting, I'm going 1-0 to us. Okay. Um, I'm just writing it down, sorry. Sporting 1-0 because I've got to remember this. And Palace, Palace I think will be 2-1 actually. I think we'll... Uh, I think we'll concede against Palace. Um, be lovely to go back to the Emirates next week. I can't make Thursday night, so my ticket's going on Ticket Exchange. If anyone wants to um, try and get a ticket for the Emirates, it will be on Ticket Exchange in the next few days, and hopefully you'll all be able to go because that's what we want. That's the idea of it. Um, Christopher, James, anything else to add to anything else? Nope. Just happy that I'm looking at the top of the table and we are five clear. I'm really the, sorry I haven't got to put these up. Go on, yeah. The the only thing I was going to say is I'm so glad that uh, United's non-existent title charge is finally buried deep underground, given today's results. And Casemiro got a red card. He looked like a straight red and he deserved it as yeah, well. Four-match ban for him. Fantastic stuff. Let's Let's never, ever mention him in the same breath as Thomas Partey again. So, Carl Stark, on his last question, on a scale of 1 to 10, how funny is it that Casemiro got his second red in three games? 11. United? Yeah, easy 11. Fantastic. Um, 
Right, everybody, listen. <laughs> I'm never going to get bored saying this, but we've we've won a game. We're top of the league. We're five points clear. It's a lovely Sunday afternoon, hopefully heading towards spring. Um, I think we have 11 cup finals to go, plus the Europa League. Enjoy every moment. Enjoy ribbing all your friends. Um, and I hope that Gary Lineker comes back to Match of the Day very soon, where he belongs with the rest of them. I'm not going to go into any of the wiser wherefores because that is my opinion. Nothing to do with same old Arsenal. Big up to Gary Lineker. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we will, Nigel, thank you so much to everybody in, in, and coming to join us because obviously we brought you forward so many hours. Um, we really enjoy all your questions, all your comments. Please press like please press subscribe. We look forward to seeing you all Monday week. So big up, come on at the Arsenal, Sporting Lisbon, onto the Palace, massive noise at the Emirates this week. Boys and girls, we're off. Have a great Sunday evening and please press like and subscribe if you're top of the league. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>